Today's podcast episode is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And be sure to add our podcast in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. All right, folks, welcome to Everything Pro Wrestling. Everything Pro Wrestling is a show by the fans for the fans. I am your host, Conrad Cushman. With me today, I got my man, Rich Latta. Rich, what's going on, brother? Oh, chilling, man. Glad to be here, Conrad. Now, Rich, listen, before we get started with the interview and everything else, I promised, I promised my boy Montezzi that we would have to start this puppy off right with one of your music videos. So we're going to play your entire music video. We'll talk about it. And you're going to get two, one in the beginning and one at the end. So if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you guys stick around for this one. You will enjoy. No doubt. Close your eyes real quick. All right. Concentrate a little harder. Look, baby, just imagine. Look, baby, just imagine. Look, baby, just imagine being this real. Man, just imagine being this ill. Close your eyes and imagine. Boy, close your eyes and imagine. Boy, close your eyes and imagine being this real. Man, just imagine being this ill. Close your eyes and imagine like John Lennon, you could be you. And you ain't had to switch it up so you could seem cool. Moving around, perpetrating, all this Maybelline shit. Diamonds looking like a thunderstorm. Grade up, chip, just imagine what you don't get to do. You don't get no days off from these cat moves. Look your family in the face, you a disappointment. When them real niggas showing up, you just avoid them. Just imagine. Coming out as advertised, stealing credit cards that make you a savage, right? Running scams on the public, running misdirection. We should get the lot of tatters all up in your sessions. Close both eyes and visualize yourself in a situation where you wasn't crying out for help. I had lying to yourself while the truth lays dormant. Hard for the sake of performance. Man, just imagine. Look, baby, just imagine. Look, baby, just imagine being this real. Some outlaw shit Out here making up whatever Just to say that you be lit I'm as real as can be Cause baby I'm doing me Through the ups and the downs I'ma let them all see And I'm feeling too free These niggas so restricted Telephone booth tight And they gotta live with Everything that can't be accounted for Five star GTA You a butter low Let you tell it you was out here Ripping dog Unlimited cap like it's baseball Use your thoughts and imagine A different way I swear that you you could do it all, but you'd rather play With some things that you ain't really built to do All your loved ones are hoping this gets through to you Close your eyes and imagine You out here flagging Let me chill, that ain't about to happen Imagine Look baby, just imagine Look baby, just imagine Being this real Man, just imagine Being this ill Close your eyes and imagine Boy, close your eyes and imagine Boy, close your eyes and imagine being this real Man, just imagine being this ill Close your eyes and a That's how we kick off the podcast with my man, Rich, man. Rich, dope yes, video, dope video. I really was feeling the lyrics, actually, to the song. Um, the main thing for this one was Monteezy. Shout out to Monteezy. Uh, what up, Teezy? T 
Teasy wanted me to make sure I included that video in this podcast. So that one was for him. And I'm, I'm actually doing two. So I make sure that he's definitely happy when he sees this. But um, tell me, tell us about that song, Imagine, man. What, what was going through your mind when you wrote it? Like, tell us anything you want us to know about it. Yeah, so um, that song was... Um, so I had actually um, had a situation where I was working as an engineer for um, a couple, like probably about a year and a half. And um, I was, you know, dealing with some artists who ended up, you know, they, you know, th- it, it didn't end up being a good experience at the end because uh, something had gone wrong financially with it. There was a situation where I had to pretty much run them down for the money because they were trying to scam me out, out of money um, for their studio time and uh, using fake cards and stuff like that so a lesson learned there um but it was i was thinking about everything that i thought was whack about them (laughs) (laughs) and and it was like imagine if you could really be yourself because like i you know once you're around these um folks you know you kind of see you know who they are what they're really about and um you know in, in my position i pride myself on you know my music being very authentic um being real and there's a certain freedom in that. So I was like, imagine what it would be like for them to have that same freedom. Yeah. And I, and I want to take this time to have you probably promote your YouTube channel because I know that we're going to show a video that you guys just heard the music for. Absolutely dope. We're going to play another one at the end and we'll wait till the end to talk about it. But I want you to kind of put over your YouTube channel because I went through and I spent a whole day while I was at work preparing for this podcast, just listening to some of your freestyles, some of your songs, your breakdowns. Thank you. Uh, it's Thank you. absolutely amazing uh, what you have put together here. And I definitely think anybody in the wrestling community, like you guys are going to be impressed when we start talking. Uh, definitely recommend you subscribe, but uh, just just put over your platforms and stuff real quick, man. Yeah, man. Uh, if you guys want want to see what I got going on, um, I host a podcast called One Nation Radio on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. A lot of great shows on there. My show's called One Nation Radio uh, with my boy James, and um, that's kind of like you know the hub for everything I do wrestling wise. Uh, but with the music, you can type Rich Latta into any streaming platform, listen to uh, all my music. I make all my beats. Um, and my YouTube channel, you just type in Rich Ladder. You should just see the Rich Ladder one, kind of a purple background. Um, on there, I pretty much I have like a series going right now called Family Music Life Deconstructed, which is a track by track breakdown of um, my last album that I dropped. And we're going through how I made the beats, uh, the inspiration behind the lyrics, and then the actual like genius style breakdowns for each song. Um, I'm doing different things like making beats on the channel, uh, releasing exclusive freestyles, dropping music on there. Um, and, you know, I'd really like you guys to check that out. And um, I appreciate you, Conrad, for uh, going through there and watching me <laughs> just talk to the camera. You know, in a lot of these situations, I'm offering advice uh, to up and coming MCs, different things like that. Yeah, um, I don't know if you knew this, but a long time ago, I used to rap too. Um, many, many moons ago, many, many different lyrics ago. Things that uh, if you ever find my mixtape, uh, shout out to Derek in the chat. Derek was also in my rap group. Uh, he does the AEW podcast with me. But if you ever find like some of our like old stuff, I know if I ever run for politics or something, someone's going to bring it up and be like, but you said this <laughs> back in 2008 when you were 24 years old or 21 years old. I acknowledged it. I've acknowledged it many times on the podcast. Say what you will. I was looking for the oohs and ahs. You know, used to battle rap and different stuff like that, man. Yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> Everybody's been to battle before. Yeah. I don't care who you are. You have to. It's part of the hip-hop culture, in my opinion. And, uh, yeah, PR Nightmare, I did have hair back then. Don't be dogging, bro. Baldies are in, man, all right? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, that it's just what it is. But I, I used to rap, too, so I definitely understand the grind, the hustle. Um, and I, I'm, I'm not – this isn't about me, though. This is about you. So as far as uh, music, I want to talk about some of your hip-hop influences to uh, start. Uh, what, what really got you into music? Um, strange. Um, I've j- my older sister was a uh, large influence on my life uh, in all aspects, not only in music but sports. I was pretty much a tag along uh, to her, and uh, in you know she was a DJ as well. So I was just tagging along. Saw her making beats. Uh, saw her rapping. I was like, man, I want to do something like that. And 
Um, I was ended up my sister is like 10 years older than me. So she was kind of in and out, you know, of you know, her, starting her life and then come back home, you know, pretty much like you do after, you know, you go out. But um, from there, you know, I spend spent a lot of time alone and it was like I was looking for a way to pass the time. And I was moving around the country, um, living in California, living in Massachusetts and living in Florida as well. And in that time by myself, I decided to, you know, learn a craft, essentially, like, you know, dedicate myself to, uh, you know, throwing a uh, dedicate myself to, to learn as much as I can about music, making beats. I, I was making beats since MTV Music Generator. So <laughs> on the PlayStation one. So it, it, it was just it just started from there. And it was like, man, if I can ever get my beats uh, to to at an acceptable level, I'll just make all my own beats. And then I finally got there, I feel like um, earlier this decade. So um, <clears throat> with the with that, it was just looking at different um, rappers like, you know, the big, I was a big Rockefeller era. Looking forward to that. Uh, Rockefeller, Dipset, Joe Budden, that whole mixtape era, Cassidy, uh, Lloyd Banks, uh, all those guys. Uh, and then people that, you know, made beats like Kanye West um, and Timbaland, of course, and uh, just moving forward like Ninth Wonder, uh, Tribe, Call Quest, different stuff like that. So those are, I would probably say, like my primary influences and you know in a later day like someone like russ is a really um like i'm a big fan of his as well okay okay i can respect that um definitely sounds like we came up during like the uh the same time with uh music influences and everything else uh definitely like a big fan of fab uh cassie yeah. you mentioned Dipset. actually fab's the reason i started rapping yeah <laughs> listen fab but fab also taught me the difference in hip-hop everyone sometimes thinks you got to be uh one of the hardest rappers out and you don't always have to be like that sometimes you got to put a song out for the ladies there's a song for the club there's a song for this right. there's a song for that it's all marketing 101 uh truthfully when it comes down to music um mace is another one who i always look towards for uh kind of my style like a lot of people right. Uh, Derek in the chat will tell you guys like sometimes people rap real slow and they're just you're just like dude are you really feeling this I'm like yeah absolutely I am <laughs> but he's like it doesn't seem like it I'm, and you know all fat dudes rap about food and different things like that it's just a specialty it's just a specialty that we have but um, hip hop is just something that's truly special to me uh, it holds a special place in my heart um, now we talked about some of the musical influence that you have what are some of your influences outside of hip hop um, I would probably say just going through life every day uh, can be an influence. It is like, yo, I'm working this job that I feel like is not promoting me. Um, and I'm internalizing these things, these feelings I have. Um, the NBA, um, I would probably say, you know, different guys that I identify with, like, as my favorite athletes, like uh, like Kobe Bryant. Uh, what's going on, everybody in the chat that's saying what's up? Um uh, I was a huge Kobe fan all my life and it was like man if I could like personify kind of what he brings to the game of basketball to what I do like lyrically and uh, um, it, you know I think I'll be okay <laughs> so um, and I, I would say outside of my life uh, outside of rap uh, my mom played a lot of she was playing a lot of different music when I was growing up I was lucky I had a cool mom she would not only play music from her era which was kind of like the Prince stuff and uh different types of jazz but she also like rap too which is like rare for you know folks like i'm i'm 31 and my mom is in her mid 50s now um or late 50s and then it, there's a weird thing about it. i think folks in like that were coming of age in the 70s like if you catch them in the wrong wrong year they don't listen to rap at all they think it's like noise and it's like nothing but then if you catch them a couple years later uh, like my dad's on that noise part and he recently started listening to rap my mom always listened to rap so it was always around me growing up listen to the locks big different stuff like that so um I, I was always hearing music my sister uh as i mentioned before and you know outside of you know strict influence from from rappers it was like just moving around the country needing something to do looking at uh how i can turn situations uh that i see that i'm going through that other people are going through into content without even like realizing that i was doing it 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, interesting. Uh, my parents were the same way, kind of. My mother was always like real big into music, and a lot of the songs that I would listen to, she'd be like, "Oh, you don't know where that's from." I, I'm sure mm-hmm. you guys see all. What the, you know the, about the, that? Yeah, exactly. And then she'll put on the real beat, and then she'll have the instrumental version because they used to buy singles and things like that. Of course, we don't do that because we were ripping music off of the computers. <laughs> but I was like, oh, okay, so this is how you can do some of the beats and stuff. And my dad, funny enough, uh, my dad is a Caucasian male, for anybody who cares to know, and my mom is an African-American female. So completely okay. different spectrums. Like, when we talk opposite on everything, ah. Bo sit like 100%. <laughs> so my dad is very uh older and he just never understood rap music. And I remember mm. the day when he actually like smiled at me, was kind of proud, was the day when I sold that mixtape and I had enough money. I sold the mixtape so I could go to college and he saw all uh-huh. the money and he was like, hey, you know, maybe that stuff ain't so bad because <laughs> he hated it. He still probably hates it to this day. He just doesn't understand it though. Right. All part of the... uh the the music industry and i get it, it's kind of a scummy thing too sometimes that goes on behind the scenes like the story uh the story you shared before um mm-hmm. do you have any musical influences that are outside of hip-hop though that you think people would be surprised by yes uh i'm a huge fan of prince um i, I worship at the altar of prince um i'm <laughs> one of the people that is, has listened to more than just purple rain like that goes from you know, his entire run in the 80s, listening to his stuff in the 90s, like the Gold Experience, to um, something like, uh, I forget the name of the album. He had 30 albums. It was the one that came on 2014 um, I really enjoyed. But um, with Prince, it was the fact he was so prolific. He wrote his own music. Uh, he produced his own music and, you know, was a savant on every instrument. And I wanted to kind of do the same. That's why I learned to, you know, write my own songs, learn how to make the beats, uh, learn how to engineer uh, and be able to record myself. So it was completely self-sufficient. That's kind of the biggest thing I got uh, from Prince. Yeah, Prince is uh, an absolute beast. If you guys don't know the story of Prince or why he wrote Slave on his face and different things like that. Uh, I know, listen, I'm one of the number one people who love the Dave Chappelle skit. I think that one's funnier than the yes. uh, the Charlie Murphy <laughs> one, personally. The uh, Rick James. Shout out to Rick James from Buffalo. But uh, I love the Prince one, and I know some people get super like wild with it when it comes to like, oh, is this how Prince really was? I heard, Prince was an athlete. Prince is a super talented dude, though. You can't beat mentality like that so i just wanted people to know take print serious when you uh get the opportunity to see what he has done in the past man um so rich let's talk a little bit of pro wrestling if we can let's get to it now as far as pro wrestling goes uh i saw you were a fan of fire pro i did a live stream the other night you popped in i didn't know it was like that sir yes sir i didn't know it was like that with you tell me about the fire pro games i'm a video gamer so yeah, yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of Fire Pro, and I kind of just kind of um, in the last couple of years have really gotten into it. Um, I found a way to um, rig it up to my phone, um, <laughs> and and that's how I ended up learning how to play. Ironically, I didn't have it as a as a kid because I was a Sega kid, so I didn't necessarily get the imports or anything. But the Fire Pro stuff was coming out on uh, Nintendo and Super Nintendo and stuff like that. So I I never played when I was younger. Um, but I just started watching videos and was like, man, I, I, I just kind of got obsessed with it for like three or four months. Cause I heard the new one was coming out. I was like, okay, by the time that new one for PlayStation four comes out, I'm going to know how to play this game. And then I just started researching it. Like, yeah, man, the customization, the fact that the controls never change. And I was like, wow, once you learn how to play it, you know how to play it for life essentially. So I, I literally started on a super Nintendo mod on my phone learning and then one day it just clicked and then i had like the playstation one version the japanese import that dropped in 96 um i had a dreamcast version on my phone um that was out and i also had fire pro wrestling 2 uh or fire pro wrestling returns on the playstation 2 yes and i i had that in the mid 2000s but i didn't know how to play it then I was like, man, I just don't understand. Like, I can't do any of the moves. I, I just beat my ass. So I never played. I put it in the box, never played it again. I still had the game years and years later. 
put it in just to see if everything I was doing on the phones would translate. It translated. I was like, okay, I'm in now. And <laughs> uh, I just became, you know, a big fan of the customization and uh, the the match quality and uh, just having fun with it. Just downloading any wrestler uh, I want and, and customizing it. So uh, Fire Pro is definitely uh, definitely gets running in, in, in on my uh, PlayStation. Now, sure. Fire Pro is where it's at, bro. Um, speak so speak so you're a big video gamer, then I assume. Yeah, I, I play um, NBA 2K. I play um, uh, the WWE 2K series. Uh, I also play. Um, there's another game I play. I played our, our Red Dead Redemption when it came out. So I, I probably say I'm a casual gamer, but you know I'd like to do it a little more. So did you see the AEW games announcement? I gotta bring I it up. I did. So, what are you thinking now? I'm I'm an old school fan, and I kind of got hyped for it. Not gonna. Yeah, front. man. Um, I play. I spent many hours on the Nintendo 64 with my stepbrothers playing like WCW, NWO Revenge, World Tour, and uh, later on No Mercy. And I think people have just held on to No Mercy uh, so long as the standard that it's just like, man, you got any anything's instantly gonna be compared to it. Um, huge AW fan. Excited to see. Um, that someone like Kenny Omega is getting a chance to head up, head this thing up, him being a gamer, him understanding that legacy and that pressure, I think it's going to deliver. And I would be shocked if it doesn't. And I think it's going to be great. I, I can't wait to play it. Right. That To me, that little bit that we got just was enough to like show me, like, okay, I could trust these dudes making this game. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's all good. All good once it finally comes down to everything. Um, So... Pro wrestling. How did you get started into pro wrestling? Was there someone who was an influence on you? Did you just happen to be one of the kids sitting there watching? You're like, oh, let me stop on this. This looks cool. So I'm originally was born in Springfield, Massachusetts, which is WWF territory, uh, right in the heart of it. Like um, they do house shows in this the Springfield Civic Center, which is I believe called the Mass Mutual Center. I live in Florida now, which is another capital. Uh, I live in the Tampa Bay area now, but. Um, my grandfather was the one that really started me with the wrestling and it was just something I could do to spend time with them. And I really liked it. It was between that and watching power Rangers where I just wanted to see people fight and, <laughs> um, uh, shout out to your new subscriber. Thank uh, you. Looks like it's Duncan Dingus. Yes. Um, so, um, from there it was just watching the pay-per-views during the attitude era with my grandfather 96 and 97 uh and watching it every single week my mom always let me watch it my everyone in school was watching it and from there it was just it just kind of grew until about fifth or sixth grade and i kind of fell out of it like uh post wrestlemania 17 somehow different uh things of like not having cable at a certain time or and just doing other things, hanging out with my friends playing basketball. I fell back into it later on, uh, around the time like the rise of CM Punk and um, started watching, you know, filling in everything I could in that that gap. And I would used to go on YouTube till like four AM and just watch everything I missed essentially. And from there, you know, you just start branching out more and, you know, learn about indie wrestling and uh, New Japan and everything like that, which led to like, you know, AEW. And um, from, you know, being a kid going into it, I went to a lot of the house shows, uh, back then. And, uh, my first show I ever went to was Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels. And I don't know how you can, um, <laughs> get a better beginning than that. So it was, a I think it was a lumberjack match, uh, was the main event. And it was on the road up to WrestleMania 12. There's two kinds of people in this world. There's Bret Hart fans and there's Shawn Michaels fans. It just depends on which side you're on. I gotta ask, who's your boy out of the two? All right, so this is going to be, I don't know if you're, you had an answer like this, but for the longest time, I grew up as a Shawn Michaels person. However, in the last couple of years, I have changed over to being a Bret Hart guy from reading his book, from meeting him, from realizing what Bret was doing the pressure he was under to to succeed and when they were there at the same time brett was the actual top star and i think brett just like um you can all you can what really sealed it for me was when that hidden match came out with uh what was his name uh 
um, the the hidden match, the famous one they put on the network, the uh, one nobody I, knew about. Um, hold correct. on, I'm gonna look it up right now because honestly, we have no reason to remember this dude's name from uh, right. Rochester. Right. What is this match called? Go ahead, keep talking about. It. I'll I'll pull it up. Yeah. So 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 I pulled that up and I just see the simple way Bret Hart was able to put together matches to to make these guys shine. And I was like, man, like you look at the guys that came after Shawn Michaels and the guys that came after Bret Hart. And it's like you can easily find someone more spectacular than Shawn Michaels, and that was the primary primary reason I liked Shawn Michaels the most. And then I'm like, well, you know, there's Kenny Omega, there's Will Ospreay, like, and it's like there's levels, but what I I think that true greatness of Brett just shines through because he's so tough, he's so uh, technically perfect, and he really felt like a hero. Like looking back on it. Like in Tom, Tom McGee was the name for anybody. Tom McGee, for that. that's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. But and, and Brett was like, um, I, I thought it was an awesome baby face. I thought it was an awesome promo, uh, despite what the um, consensus was about him. You you go ahead and watch um, SummerSlam '94, and you watch that promo he cuts on Owen Hart before uh, you know he goes out to the cage where he's like, "I'm gonna beat you, brother," and I just hope that you can live with it. Like. <laughs> unbelievable stuff and then like when he turns heel he's just like the best interview in the business in 97 and um yeah i i, I think brett just upon researching them further you know if, if brett gets the, those extra years on the back end i think it's a whole different discussion um however you know i that's not to take anything away from sean love sean uh, but i i became a brett guy in my my uh later years that's all right. I'm a Shawn Michaels guy, so I can't even front here. Uh, <laughs> my, my brother was a Brett the Hitman Hart guy, so I let you go on that rant without interrupting. But um, no, no, and it's just different strokes for different folks, I guess, as far as uh, when it comes to Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. I think Shawn's work at the like later end of his career might be better than the work he did before. It, mm. Crazy. It seems a like lot he has, people say that. It seems like he has two totally different careers. There, there's like selfish Shawn Michaels, and then there's Shawn Michaels that's like so giving, and he just seems different. I mean, I, from backstage stories, it seems like he still cared a lot. But mm. you could go back and forth all day on these two. And Brett is also one of my favorites. I, I know that it sounded like I didn't like him, but Brett's selling is absolutely amazing. My favorite spot he ever took was the turnbuckle spot. Every time, chest first into the corner, he looked like he just lost all the wind out of him. He's just an amazing <laughs> seller. Like he, it looked believable back then. Like I'm like, oh, he's he's hurting. Right. Come on, get right. up, Brett. And he's heaving, breathing hard. Um, amazing stuff between these guys. Um, so we talked about pro wrestling before. Who or what now do you like in pro wrestling? Um, I would probably say um. Like when it comes to like as far as who's my favorite wrestler, I would say Kenny Omega easily. Um, just recently, he won the Observer Hall of Fame uh, this past week, so that was uh, pretty cool uh, for him. Uh, I I think he's just uh, you you talk about putting together matches and being spectacular and psychology moves, drama, near falls. I I think he's just the most complete guy going, um, and. He's just a crazy move set, everything like that. Um, I'm also a, a big fan of uh, someone like Shingo Takagi, uh, just very hard hitting, and uh, and Tomohiro Ishii, who's who's like <laughs> a god of wrestling, I would say. Um, big AEW fan. Uh, I've recently started watching. Um, uh, I've gotten introduced to Stardom by my boy James. Uh, which uh, I started watching in 2019. I, w- I was a big fan of Arisa Hoshiki before she retired. Um, but uh, I will probably say, um, I'll probably say, uh, yeah, yeah. And the, the Young Bucks, you know, I like fast paced uh, wrestling that's like high flying and explosive. Uh, like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, you know, I, I can get your quote unquote storytelling, but there's stories in those matches too. So <laughs> I'm, uh, you know, give me all the moves, you know, give me the, give me the stars, you know, so the flips, the PWG, all that stuff. That's, I'm totally all in on that. No, no, I completely am with you on that. Uh, one of the biggest things that annoys me that people say about wrestlers, the Young Bucks and FTR just ordered full gear. 
Uh, thought that was a great match on the grading scale. If you guys look in the description box, you can see it for when we do the pay-per-view reviews. Uh, had to give that match an A+. And a lot of people used to always argue like, oh, the Young Bucks don't tell stories in the ring. And I'm like, what are you talking about, bro? Their attires tell stories in that match. It was Lakers right. versus Celtics. It was basically saying we're both the greatest of all time. And tonight we're going to see who's the better team. Like, right. That's that was storytelling. His foot being hurt. There's there's so much in there, and I just get aggravated sometimes when people say that. So there is storytelling in that, and I was clapping for you too. Shout out to my boy JPQ who put me on the stardom hashtag Watch Stardom. Uh, he put me on, and Arissa was my favorite too. Instantly, as soon as I watched, I was like, "This is the girl." And then when she was done, my heart like sank. Yeah, well, it kind of took some out of it. I, I haven't been as much into it since she's uh been been gone but uh someone that i i do like uh that is kind of like i'm hitching my wagon to is siri now um so she's a very hard kicking machine okay so all right i'm gonna take your advice and check that out then i i have it i've been out of it too ever since she's been gone i've watched it a little bit i've dipped the toe in but not fully all the way um but stardom's great if anybody has not watched stardom wrestling absolutely amazing uh trying to what's going on sick see you in the chat brother thank you for joining um i guess we'll keep it moving here as far as uh pro wrestling is concerned uh what is your favorite podcast that you've done so far man um i've been hosting a podcast since 2012 so um it's very hard to narrow them down but um at the end of each year um, the past couple years, we have uh, myself, uh, my co-host James, and uh, Jeremy and Josh from Keeping It Strong Style, uh, the ace of podcasts uh, when it comes to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, you you don't want to go anywhere else. Like that's like they're going they're going to get you uh, where you need to be. We pretty much form a Voltron, and what we do is uh, at the end of every year, it was a concept I invented. It was called the FOH Draft. And it means like F out of here. So we would basically draft, come up with a draft board of all the terrible things that would happen in pro wrestling um, throughout the year. And it's our Christmas episode and we drink on air. And what we do is get further inebriated and draft, you know, said things that pissed us off and rant about them for. And it, they're usually like two and a half, three hour shows. And we do it once a year. Um so that was uh that that's any of those the last couple of years, uh, but I would probably say also the history of social suplex podcast that we done um, that we did at the end of last year was like celebrating like five years of socialsuplex.com. Um, I also interviewed Wale back in 2014. That was pretty cool uh, as well. Yeah, Wale, big wrestling fan. For those who don't know, uh, one of his best freestyle I think I've ever heard from him, maybe off of the Razor Ramon beat. Uh, love listening to that every once in a blue moon. Uh, Wale is truly amazing. Um, so listen, Rich, we got to talk a little bit here. We always do a game on the show. Every time we have a guest on, it's called Word Association. I'm going to say a name. You can give your thoughts on whatever you want to say about it. How does that okay. sound for a few things? Yeah, right. that's cool, man. First thing, Aja Kong. I saw the shirt that you had on, so that was the first name I had to throw out in uh, the video. Absolute legend. Uh, I wore that shirt for a reason in that video. I was like, I want people to know that uh, Aja, I love Aja Kong, and uh, I thought it was a pretty cool shirt. Um, I recently, uh, during the start of the pandemic, I started filling in the gaps for some of the things I was always curious about in wrestling. One of the things uh, was All Japan um, in the 90s. I started watching a lot of Kensho Kobashi. Um, one other thing was I was like, okay, Manami Toyota. I need to watch Manami Toyota because I just never had. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to go through this playlist. I believe it was uh, Tiger Driver put out a playlist. I was like, all right, cool. Started watching it. And <laughs> I'm like, okay, Manami Toyota, like, she's cool. She's great. But like, I would see her with multiple matches with Aja Kong. And I found myself going, oh, my God, Aja Kong is like the one that I'm like totally just into here. And then I began going down the rabbit hole of any Aja Kong match I could find. And it was like, yeah, like unquestionably one of the greatest wrestlers to ever live. Um, 
she's incredible. I hope to meet her one day whenever this pandemic stuff is over and just thank her for, you know, her contributions to wrestling. So, and show her that I wore her t-shirt in a music video. So <laughs> <laughs> respect, respect. Uh, Kendrick Lamar, Kendrick Lamar, a genius, uh, flat out. He's a guy that you don't hear a lot from him, but when you do hear him, it's seismic. It is a, um, it, it, he comes from a place like I know where he comes from having lived out on the West coast and he's seen a lot in his life. Also, um, you think about those generations that have gone through, um, what they've gone through in California, like going back to like the Watts riots and then the, uh, the, the riots at the end of the sixties, the riots, uh, the riots in the early nineties and all that stuff is just the legacy that gets passed down to this guy who is coming of age. He's, I believe he's around my age and he is, um, I think just one of the most special guys lyrically you'll ever hear. Um, and he was, you know, he's got his own way to present himself. And I think he's genius. Side question. Favorite. Do you have a favorite album from him? <sighs> so I'm, I think I'm in the damn, uh, more than, um, the, um, his his first album, I, I I'm into Damn more because I felt Damn was more like all right, y'all want y'all y'all said it was too complicated on to to pimp a butterfly. I'm gonna quote unquote dumb it down, but at the same time still give you everything I've ever given you on um on Damn, and I think he just hit that perfect balance. Yeah, Kendrick is uh super dope, man. I go back and forth on which is his uh, best albums. Uh, next up, I got for you Tupac. Tupac. Tupac was, I always heard that once I got older, I would appreciate Tupac more. And that is totally true. When you start talking about songwriting ability, uh, versatility of topics, uh, I wish his production was better. I'm not the biggest fan of some of the beats that he rapped over. Um, but he was someone I think that was able to just focus less on how he said stuff and worry about what he was saying and just made sure it just hit people a certain way. So, um, I'm a, um, I'm a, out of the two, of course, like what big empire, I'm a big fan because I lean more on the technical proficient side of, of rapping. But as I've gotten older, looking at how songs, you know, are structured and written is like, no wonder Tupac could like pump out so many songs like that. And Biggie couldn't because like, um, like big, although he could hit all those different topics, the thing with Tupac was he didn't necessarily worry about like everything. He's like, yo, I got to get all of this out of me and I'm going to get it out. And he had this format, like with how he did his choruses to his verses and just time together. And he was just able to turn that stuff around where big, it was like, you know, straight technical excellence. And it was like, all right, if I, I need to feel it, I need a, a certain beat. I thought big's beats were better. Mm-hmm. But um, I think with Pac, he's uh, someone that I've definitely grown to appreciate a lot more than I did, uh, I'll say, about 10 years ago. Because I was like, eh, he didn't even rap all that good. But, um, you know, as I've gotten older, I think he's uh, definitely uh, like something like Temptations is, is one of my favorite songs from him. Okay. All right. Respect. Respect. I'm definitely a, a huge Biggie fan as well. I just got a new Biggie shirt. I wish I was able to rock it on the podcast, man, but I got to wash that bad boy first. Um, uh, so someone in the chat just asked uh, about Big Pun, so I'm going to throw that out at you too. So so I liked Big Pun, but I didn't like him as much as um, you know everyone else kind of did. I thought his singles were amazing, like especially um, you know the impact that he had on like the Puerto Rican community. I'm black Puerto Rican myself and I would see just the pride um, you know that he gave a lot of folks and I I can appreciate that for sure. Uh, I sometimes I thought it, he was a little limited subject matter wise and you know um, I wasn't I wasn't particularly impressed with like the length of his albums. Uh, I felt like they were too long. Uh, but as a just like, hey, get up on the mic and say something. He's as dope as you know anyone. Respect, respect. Um, Isaiah Swerve Scott. Yes, sir. Uh, my man Swerve. So um, I, I guess I can uh, talk about this. So um, I produced uh, ten songs on uh, Swerve and Montez's new album. Um, Swerve is a is a guy that pretty much opened his home 
his his friendship, his phone line, uh, everything to me. And it was really cool that uh, when Montezzi, uh had linked us up, it was just like we started communicating with each other via text. Uh, he kind of, you know, figured I was a cool guy, invited me out to his crib. And it was like, yo, I'm going to originally I was going to tutor you on, you know, how to do production, essentially. And it, our relationship just kind of grew from there as we, you know, talked about our philosophies and liking music. And uh, I just we started displaying our skills to each other more. And eventually he asked, he was like, yo, I'd like you to uh, produce, you know, the album. And it was it was great. He's a really great guy, really humble guy, a good dude that looks out for uh, everyone around him. Uh, there are various stories among within wrestlers uh, of, you know, Swerve putting in good words for guys, getting them signed, different stuff like that. And uh, everything that I've ever uh, dealt with with Swerve has just been 100. And I, I think he's a great guy. I think he's a great wrestler uh, that should be having the world at his feet um <laughs> you know whenever he gets the opportunity and the album is really dope and i was proud to uh produce 10 songs on there yeah i loved his work in um lucha underground especially i think his uh role as kill shot on the show very very underrated and like i said uh shout out to the swerve city podcast they're on the wwe network right now so i gotta show them some love and i've heard some of the stuff you've produced for them absolutely amazing bro um and if you guys follow him on instagram sometimes you might catch a little snippet of him working with yeah, him yeah. so you may want to give him a follow on there um next up one of my favorites lupe fiasco lupe so i was a big lupe fan early in his career first and 15th lupe um the the mixtape series fahrenheit first and 15th uh food and liquor first album after that, I kind of fell out of Lupe. However, I will never, ever forget, you know, Touch the Sky, how that first album, just like the first 11 songs, just mind-blowing. And it was like just as such a, uh, a breath of fresh air in that time period. You think about what 2006 was, and it was a lot of, like, very slow, drowned-out music, uh, very slow, like, and and. When I say slow, I mean tempo-wise. Like everything's like, you know, it's like trap beats, it's snap music, it's you know, a lot of stuff that's veering away from um, traditional lyricism. He definitely brought that in, and uh, he had people that were ready for it. But it seems like it didn't hold up. I love Big Crit. Uh, I see uh, someone in the comments uh, that's sick. Anybody mm -hmm. that's a producer that raps, uh, that is like they're high on my list. Like Big Crit, Russ, uh, Cole, uh, mm -hmm. stuff like that. So. Yeah, we're, I'm seeing a bunch of names pop up, and I'm writing them down so I can ask you about it. <laughs> What's going on? Jesse from the Pro Wrestling Shoots in the chat as well. Thank you for joining us, brother. And I see you coming in here with the Drake uh, lyrics, trying to MJF this chat. I see you, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, I'm sorry. Did you have anything else you wanted to add for Lupe? Um, Lupe, I, I think he's dope. I think he just um, – sometimes he goes places that people aren't ready for. Listen – so I, I was a big Lupe hater at first because I was like, oh, you mean this dude who looks like Pharrell? I don't want to listen to a CD. <laughs> a, a punk rock kid actually gave me the CD and said, bro, I promise you, you have to listen to this and it'll change your life. I'll never forget this dude. I didn't even work with him that long. He was a, uh -huh. he was in a like great punk rock band. Uh, he ended up having a baby with this girl. It changed his whole life. And then he ended up having to move or something happened and he was gone. He gave me that CD, though. He's like, bro, I made this for you. Promise me you're going to listen to it. I was like, all right, bro, I got you. I put it in. And like you said, those songs, like they started to hit my soul. It changed the way I rapped. Like there was no more raps about felonious stuff you didn't do. I was like, yo, that's the end of this. Like we can't have this anymore. Lupe like opened my right. eyes to problems. And I don't know. That was probably my woke moment. I don't know what that was, but <laughs> Lupe definitely changed a lot for me um now i saw joe buttons one of my other favorites i love joe buttons and uh i saw him trying to like dog lupe's new uh single about the dinosaurs and he didn't understand it so they tried to call lupe and he actually called into the show while they were live and explained it he was like what do you mean bro like some people just didn't get it like if you don't listen to him you're like dude what are you talking about dinosaurs for your cd they were laughing and everything he was like yeah. no i am the dinosaur and they were like what whoa and then he like broke down everything just yeah. like you were saying and they were like amazed afterwards so definitely recommend lupe 
Um, and we'll get into some of your other rap ones, too. Man, you guys are asking a lot of people. All right. I'm going to try and get these all in here. All right. This this segment went way longer. Glad people here. <laughs> yeah, man. They love it. So, uh, AEW. Did you catch me on that last one, Rich? Yeah, you said AEW. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Um, what are your thoughts? I, I think AEW is a... Um, it's a promotion that was needed and it was it was always going to happen one way or another but i think the right set of wrestlers are are in there to uh, not only change the business they've changed the business forever like as far as like uh you know people getting paid a certain way um lots of contract wwe having to spend money to either retain talent or um chase talent now uh it's another major league promotion for everyone to work uh, and i think it's the best book promotion in the world now uh, is New Japan's like I don't know what they're doing um, after Dominion <laughs> this year. Um, I think um, it is a. I, I was very excited to, to see it happen, and it was. I felt like in 2017 there was something special brewing. I didn't know what it was. I always thought it was going to be New Japan coming to America, but as they kind of made missteps business wise, and you started seeing WWE's TV deals get more. Um, you know, lucrative. It was like, man, it's a matter of time before somebody can break through. And uh, I think these guys have broken through in about as good a way as you can. Dominated NXT, completely um, changed how a lot of people look at NXT now. Changed how NXT operates. Um, and I think it's a um, they they value long term storytelling. I think uh, from things such as like AW Dark. Uh, you can get invested in a guy like Lee Johnson, I feel like. <laughs> and and it's like, man, when he gets that first win, it's like he, he's over the hump. So there's a lot of great tears from, you know, the folks that are on dark up to someone like Chris Jericho is there. So um, and that's where my favorite wrestle wrestles. So <laughs> and the Omega and then the Bucks. So uh, you can't go wrong with the elite. No, dude, you are 100 percent on that. I'm going to I'm going to hop in here with some more rappers, guys. I'm going to do a couple more and then we'll uh, keep it moving, though, because I saw some people have regular questions for you in the chat, too. If you guys got okay. regular questions for him, wrestling, hip hop, uh, line them up for us and we'll try to answer what we can. Uh, J. Cole was next. J. Cole, um, a guy that. I have um, gotten a lot of comparisons in my personal life too, like as far as like um, the style of music I'll, I'll make, the self-production, um, all that. I think Cole's a a god MC, uh, flat out. Um, <laughs> to keep it that in house for that long, to be that successful, just doing it his own way, and he started realizing he. I think he like shifted the game when 2014. Uh, Forest Hills Drive came out. I was like, all right, there's no single anymore. It's just the music. I'm just going to put it out. I, I know my fans are going to be there. And then everyone else followed. And it was like, oh, my God, it's an eye-opening thing. I think Cole uh, showed tremendous growth. And I see, a, you know, I, I want to say Cole's maybe, you know, maybe four years older than me. So maybe we were in high school at the same time. So I see a lot of, like, his evolution and my evolution have mirrored each other in where I'm a step behind, you know, where wherever he's going, chances I'm headed there in like four years. Mm. Good comparison for that. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things about J. Cole, just watching him grow up. I feel like I grew up with him because I was in uh, maybe end of high school, college when you first started hearing his name. And then all of a sudden mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, man, I'm grown now and I'm at his shows. And sometimes I'm like, man, this is pretty dope, man. And to think I was listening to this dude around the same time. And like I said, we're pretty close in age, too. And I was just right. like, man, that's really dope, man, to see how far he's come. Uh, Biggie. Biggie was on my list for later on here, even though you kind of shed some light on him before. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I pretty much learned the kind of rapper I wanted to be by listening to life after death. I was like, I want to be cool, but I wanted people to know I can rap and I want to make dope songs. I want to make hits and I want to make, you know, stuff for the streets, uh, stuff for rappers. Like it, I just feel like life after death is so great. Um, and in addition to ready to die, of course, um, <clears throat> you start talking about like, who's the, the best ever touched the microphone. You start watching those old big videos and think about how young he was and just the master of flow and cadence, the voice, and it's just, I think he was a, um, 
Like I think he, Big's the best rapper that's there's ever been. He's definitely top five for me. That's why I had to put him down on here. Um, Tech Nine popped up earlier from Jesse. Um, I I can't say I'm I'm too um versed in Tech Nine. I definitely um respect his independent grind. I've known about for years. Like as far as like what he's done with his own company as an independent artist. Um, you can't like do anything but salute that. I and I know he's a um a guy that that does a lot of the fast flow um but i don't i, don't, I haven't heard enough of his music to make a uh, a proper judgment okay i can respect that um little wayne wayne interesting um i feel like wap, he's wap, somebody wap, drop it like that yeah <laughs> I, I i feel like with him uh there were a lot of distinct there are it's like what little wayne do you like do you do you like hot boys little wayne do you like um little wayne from the squad do you like um the the carter little waynes do you like um the mixtape the drought threes and um uh, no ceilings that's actually my favorite version like the no ceilings drought three version because he's just he's a hip-hop monster uh very keen like you know sense of you know what his fans were looking for and they were looking for everything he was consuming or putting out to be consumed at the time. I think where Wayne got in trouble was, um, it was like the oversaturation. And then people started looking up and was like, "Uh Oh, I don't know if all this stuff is good. So I think he got oversaturated and, you know, he kept running into legal issues. And, but I think for a short period, like a period of, uh, I want to say maybe like 2006 to 2000, 10 he was dominating like in a way that as big as anyone ever has um just million records out the gate features everywhere it was like the modern like if you want to be prolific wayne like and i like to be prolific i studied uh lil wayne's playbook yeah i'm just laughing at the chat i'm sorry if you guys heard me laughing in the background uh, i just saw the black is hot the black is hot (laughs) y'all leave it alone man all right i have 500 degrees don't judge all right (laughs) um let's do uh i got three more for you and then we'll we'll end this segment uh new japan pro wrestling New Japan, um, I think it's, you know, throughout the last decade, it was like uh, from like 2012 to uh, up to the Tokyo Dome this year. It's just like, what more do you want in a wrestling promotion? Like, <laughs> it's just great matches on top of great matches on top of great booking on top of star creation, replacing guys, uh, elevating dudes and, you know, making worldwide superstars and showing you how to phase a have a legend make a new top star showing you how uh that top star can uh help the rest of the guys that are there um i think they've run into some trouble this year as you know nothing lasts forever um with you know the the choice to start going with evil i think you know a lot of the guys are older uh on the roster and they've they've been through physical wars throughout the last uh, eight years but those eight years that's a real golden era that is on par with anything ever seen. It's our version of the of all Japan, the '90s or Noah. Uh, and I don't take that like period like for uh, that we just went through, through for granted. Uh, I, I was just so happy in the moment, and I was trying to appreciate every moment in 2017, 2018, 2019, and all this stuff was happening. I was like, man, I don't know wh- when it's going to end, but you know, I feel like we're we're squarely, clearly in a new era right now with New Japan. They've got a lot of new people there trying out but um from 2012 to 2019 it don't get much better than that no you're definitely not lying there man those wrestle kingdoms have been absolutely crazy and you know i'm crazy if i'm staying up till 4 a.m to watch a show live usually right um love new japan pro wrestling and what they do and the storytelling in the ring uh last two here we gotta we gotta talk about my boy tz scott montezzi Woo, montezzi so like I spent a lot of time with Montezzi uh, throughout this year. So I actually met uh, Montezzi on a interview on my podcast network of my boy Floyd Johnson, um, who had it set up. He's a big fan of uh, Cody. And at the time, Montezzi had, had dropped a Cody song. He was like, yeah, hey, I'm going to interview Montezzi, but I want you to come on with me because you're kind of like the music guy on the show and, you know, you could talk to him. So we get on there and we talk and 
what's happening is something like when you know you're talking to somebody that knows like you're connecting like oh this person really knows their stuff and that happened and in the conversation we found out we lived not too far from each other uh, about 20 minutes away and then we started like linking up and eventually you know he introduced me to swerve we started you know going through each other's you know catalogs and displaying our skills to each other like me and tz and find out yo we're both like really like we're like east coast lyricists at heart we can we've adapted you know we're roughly around the same age and we love wrestling and we've got our own visions and it was like okay he's like someone with a lot of veteran experience in this game like i have and someone to you know kind of kind of pass those ideas uh, off of and he kind of gave me something to be a part of uh throughout this year uh that i was always able to look forward to in the times of uh you know this uh, quarantine period and uh the pandemic and everything going on uh so with tz and swerve like that's why i was so happy to uh contribute to their project and i i can't say enough good things about uh, my tz a great guy great rapper and uh, check out, you know, Erica's son uh, is coming. So <laughs> do not miss that. So uh, I, I think uh, he's, uh, you know, he, he opened pretty much his ears and uh, his uh, the, the stuff he was connected in uh, and tried to bring me in because he knew that, you know, he saw some talent in me. So I, I can only appreciate him for that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, TZ does the intro for my podcast every single week, man, and it's definitely uh, really dope, and he's given me some pretty cool interviews to talk with people within music, too. So I've loved the doors that this is open. And last but not least, Rich Latta. Oh, man. Um, yeah, Rich Latta, me. Um, <laughs> Lou old me. Um, yeah, man, I am a, uh, I'm a guy that has... Um, lived all over the country that enjoys wrestling that enjoys rap and enjoys sports that enjoys uh talking about different things like um like anything that you know my philosophies on you know why this person's album resonated in a certain way at this you know particular moment um uh as far as you know with me uh i'm a rapper i produce i engineer mix everything pretty much myself and i'm a self-sufficient kind of kind of guy and um i am someone that I, you know i'm just trying to get people to listen um and you know i'm very confident they will and i think that uh you know i put myself in myself 100 into whatever i have my focus on if i wanted to be a great column writer i could be because you know i was like okay i did it you know, I, I was able to have a million views on a, a column before. If I wanted to host a podcast, all right, I can do it. What's stopping me from learning how to do it? So I would just say Rich Lad is a guy that if he wants to do something like as far as like, um, you know, creatively, I'm going to find a way to figure out, figure it out, do it myself. I'm going to set it up in, you know, my room and figure it out. So um, and when it comes to these raps, I ain't to be fucked with. Like, <laughs> can I, can no. I curse? Right? No, you're good. You're good on that. You're good. <laughs> Listen, this is this is a free talking area, man. I want you to be authentic, you. Um, We got a question in the chat from PR earlier that I wanted to ask. You said, who's your favorite tag team? Favorite tag team? Um, The Young Bucks, uh, 100%. um, And and I'll probably put the Usos right behind them. And I say that because I I think the Bucks have so many great matches. It's backbreaking, you know, the amount of great matches they have. Pull up their cage match page. It is just incredible. Like you, you, like look at all the great matches they've had. They've um, drawn everywhere they've been. They had a company start because of them. Uh, champions in every promotion. Just master marketers and like DIY type things. I'm a very big fan of DIY type uh, people. Like whether they're rappers or uh, you know, in the Bucks case, like yo, know, uh, you know they. Mer- they figured out the, the the cheat code for the merchandise stuff in a way that no one else has in, at this time. So for ultimate hustlers and ultimate wrestlers. Yeah, that's definitely uh, one of the things that I can respect. And the thing I love, too, is the uh, we bet on ourselves. Bet on yourself right. every time because you won't disappoint. You can make your own rules then. You're not sitting there waiting for somebody to give you a handout, kind of, you know? It's a good right. feeling to be like that. Um, Rich... I got to thank you so much for doing this interview, bro. I know I kept you for an Thanks hour. For me. 
There were some technical issues we had in the beginning, but thank you, everybody turned out and turned up. Thank you for everybody hitting the like button on this. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Um, Rich, one more time, tell the people where they can find you. Yeah, man, uh, you can follow me on you know any social media, um, Instagram, Twitter, uh, at richladder 32 You can check out my podcast on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. I have lots of great shows on there. Um, that you can check out my show is called one nation radio and subscribe to the youtube uh, channel because that's like the hub for everything music wise and um you know let me know that that you're listening to to some of the stuff you know check me out on spotify (laughs) (laughs) most deaf most deaf uh, in the description box, I do have uh, Rich's link tree in there, so you guys can click on all of his stuff. So if you're interested in one platform or all of them, give him a subscribe and a follow on those. Uh, Rich, for the exit music today, we are going to play Straight Snapping 3 at your request. I kind of want you to give a lead into this uh, before we play it. Uh, what do you want the people to know about this? Yeah, man. Um, so I have a, a series called um, Straight Snapping, and this is the third uh, version of that. I usually put them out every couple years. It seems like the pattern's been. Um, and this was me uh, being in the middle of, you know, watching everything that was going on this summer with the George Floyd uh, stuff, the Breonna Taylor stuff, uh, the presidential election coming up, uh, and me just, you know, reflecting on life around me and just really snapping off, like, and uh, cr- produces instrumental and I was like, man, I just want to kill it. And I was like, I've just got to say this. <laughs> so uh, check it out. Straight Snapping 3. Yes, uh, we're going to get ready to play that. But one last time before we play it uh, and we get ready to go off air. Rich, thank you so much, bro. I hope we could do this again. Maybe get you on a review show or a panel or something like hey, that. Man, no doubt, man. And have you do that for us. But uh, we're going to get ready to play Straight Snapping 3. Rich, thank you once again, brother. Yo, thank you for, for having me, Conrad. I appreciate it. It's the craziest year of our lives, man. Been in the house for months, watching everything, creating, writing, reflecting, and snapping. It's Rich Ladder. That's what I got so far, at least. Yo, yo. Rest in peace to my nigga being rich, flowing like the cocaine out of Medellin. Never stopping, used to say I go at 35, turn 31, but it's so much more inside. I'ma slide till the stories go dry, putting words to the music made me feel so alive. Pulling back the mask just to say it in the mic, four score. I'm the one, Glenn Rice, been nice, so Christ. Throwing flows like it's dice. If it's my last dance, they gon' feel me on the mic. Swam too out of sight, comparing me isn't right. Never be a step parent, cause my. I didn't like Shouldn't rap about the dead What some say Used to hit the church To see girls on Sundays Walk the scope spot Ten dollars Get more tapes Best of Joe Button Free cash And Lloyd Banks Thinking about how I'ma do it When the day comes With my day ones Looking back At the place Where we came from But I move so much And I'm hoping That we all stay in touch I'm just trying to Make it through the day While black in America All this Lady Liberty shit Man they embarrassed her Bending over backwards To please us Stuff we didn't ask for, trying to get cleaned up Always wear a mask while I'm leaving the crib Seeing people without them, got me blowing my lid Rest in peace, George, on fire like buildings in Minneapolis 400 years of oppression is looking back at them And they losing their mind trying to reconcile Their own road and how we got the right now I'm done with debating my humanity Black lives matter, the confusion is hilarity I don't give a fuck about all lives And you really don't either, you just standing on the other the side or anything blacker than you wrap yourself in the flag and go back to blue try to roll with the squad till you grew into your whiteness part of every interaction you ain't really like us i appreciate the help from some but i asked what was so different about this one was the covid 19 forcing you to pay attention loot everything what you get don't mention i ain't even gonna talk about a clown taking pictures with a bible held upside down for a photo op in a pandemic, using tear gas, man, voting ended. You know, I need some more or whatever, but, you know, I'm gonna come back on it.
What's going on, everything pro wrestling listeners? This is Jesse Carter over at the Pro Wrestling Shoot Podcast. The Pro Wrestling Shoot Podcast covers interviews from your favorite independent wrestling stars, along with some current AEW, Impact, and former WWE stars. We also cover some of your favorite classic pay-per-views from WWE, WCW, ECW, and Impact Wrestling. We also cover some current reviews on all AEW, WWE, and NXT pay-per-view events. Come check us out on all your favorite audio podcast platforms, including Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcasts. Follow us on our Facebook and Instagram pages over at the Pro Wrestling Shoot, and follow me on Twitter at Carter Inc. That's C-A-R-D-E-R-I-N-C. All right, let's get back to Conrad and everything pro wrestling. What's going on, EPW Nation? It's your boys from the Everything College Basketball Podcast, Josh and Peyton, here to remind you all that college basketball season is right around the corner. Yes, we finally know it's right around the corner, and Peyton, there's only one place people should go for all the college basketball excitement. Well, Josh, the only place to find all college basketball hoops all the time is Everything College Basketball. Everything College Basketball can be listened to on several podcast hosting sites like Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. And we can also be found on our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Everything College Basketball. Yes, make sure you are joining the group with a, a couple other hundred people and growing by the day as we march into year number three of the Everything College Basketball networking system. Now, let's get back to Conrad and everything pro wrestling. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. 